0: And so we're thankful for our bishop, amen, and thankful for our pastor. What a powerful anointing our pastor has upon his life, and and I appreciate that, amen? He goes all around the world and sees the move of God in his life, so we are thankful for that, privileged to have Pastor Myers as our pastor right here, amen? Praise God. Well, uh, greetings from all of the fireworks tents. It's fireworks, 4th of July, fireworks, tents times We have some 15 tents across the central Florida. And uh, it's a great blessing uh, to the church. And uh, our tents, amen, that they'll have a great season. Amen. And pray for the rain to hold off. Amen. You know, when you're in your house and the wind's blowing out there, you know, and the rain's going sideways and hitting your window, you look out there and say, boy, it's windy outside. You know what I'm saying? But that's about the extent of it. In your car, you may have to turn your wipers on fast forward to get the water off. But when you're in one of those tents out in the middle of a parking lot that's tied down to buckets of water, uh, sister Jones is in Satellite Beach, and um, she texts me and said, this is her first year. She says, is it, is it common for the tent to move locations? <laughs> and I just texted her back, and I said, welcome, 4th of July fireworks, sister. <laughs> and it's uh, exceptionally windy over there, amen. But uh, there's a message in that. It's not my message for this morning, but... Be sure you're on a good foundation. Amen. Be sure you're on the rock, Christ Jesus. Amen. That way when the winds blow and the rains come, you'll stand. Amen. Praise the Lord. But pray for all of our ten operators. It uh, can be quite an experience. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 is the scripture I'm going to use today. You can all probably quote it, but I'm going to talk about it. A little bit. Paul's talking to the Philippians here. And he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And if we just break this down a little bit by words, he says, Paul's writing, and you know, Paul is talking to them, and he's saying, You know, I know how to abound, and I know how to be abased. I know how to prosper, I know how to suffer loss. He's telling him, he said, I know what it's like to go on the roller coaster ride. Does everybody know what it's like to be on the roller coaster ride? Amen. I think you we all do. But this was his response to that, just a one-liner. In verse 14 of Philippians or thirteen of Philippians of chapter four, he says, I can. Everybody say, I can. I can. He makes it personal. When he starts talking this, he says, you know, he didn't say we could to them. He's talking to some people there, but he didn't say we could do all things. He's saying, I can. Amen. Meaning it's a personal thing. I hate to say the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a misused phrase today. Amen. We all know it's a little bit more than just saying I believe in Jesus. But to realize that it is personal. Between you and God. And to realize that you can say, I can. I can do. You can act on it. Faith is uh, the substance of things hoped for. But faith is an action. By faith, Abraham went out. By faith, Noah built. And by faith, I can do all things. Everybody say, all things. Now this is um, <clears throat> this is talking about spiritual things or being able to go through the walk with the Lord. Obviously, it's not like okay, I can run a mile in under four minutes. I can't do that. I don't even know if I could run a mile right now. And so things like that. But he's saying I can. He's talking about being a base. To talking about prospering going through this life he said i can do all things and it's just not within himself though right it's through christ amen we have to keep christ at the center of our attention amen which strengtheneth me or who strengthens me Christ is the one who gives us strength. Amen. So he's making a declaration here. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. So there's power in this statement. There's power in the word of God. How many know that there's power in our words? Our words are powerful. Proverbs chapter number 18 and verse 19 through 21 Or chapter 18, 19 through 21. It says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You know, so we find that death and life... This is how powerful the tongue is, right? James says it's so powerful that no man can even tame the tongue. The tongue is powerful. Amen. And it's interesting how God, and as I was going through this study, to realize how God uses the analogy of food to the belly as saying the real issue is, is like uh, whatever... We put in ourselves is what's going to come out here. It's how we'll be satisfied. The words that we speak, that's the message behind some of these analogies that he uses the uh, fruit food for. He says, they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whether it's positive or negative, it's what you love about it. That will be the fruit that uh, you eat thereof. Amen. So we have this power in the word of God and we have this power in our own tongue. He uses all these analogies. If you look at John chapter 4 verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said unto them, I have food to eat that you know not about. So the disciples said one to another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said unto them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So here again, he's using this illustration of food with the spiritual. And Jesus said to the woman at the well, drink of this water and you shall never thirst again. Right? So when he's talking to her at the well, and they're there having this conversation, he says, you drink the water I give you, you're never going to thirst again. He's not talking about the natural water, right? We all understand that. You can get a drink from the well, take a drink, and you're going to get thirsty again. Amen? You just talk about it, and you'll get thirsty. You all probably are thirsty right now, because I'm talking about it. Bet you wish you had a glass of water right now. Oh, that's good stuff. Nobody get up and leave now. All right. So he said, so he's talking, of course, about what? The inner man. The inner man. <clears throat> and there's four areas that we can use the spoken word. The one, the one area is in how we speak to others. It's important in how we speak to other people. Amen. We have to be very careful not to offend in words. The Bible says it's going to happen. You're going to be offended. Amen. But we have the power to speak life and death. The words that we speak to others. How we receive what others say to us. All right. That's another way that the word of God or our own words affect us. How we receive what people say to us. Sometimes we have a miscommunication. Ever had a miscommunication with somebody? And you didn't receive what they were saying in the right manner and uh, caused little problems and they said i wasn't really i didn't say that you know I wasn't saying that so it's how we receive but there's very there's a lot of power it can cause great division right Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Um, how we speak to our mountain is another way the Word of God, our faith, how we speak to it and how we talk. Or how we speak to ourselves, or our self-talk. And that's what I kind of want to center this around, our self-talk. What are we saying to ourselves spiritually? Amen. The Bible says that David encouraged himself. Uh, Everybody was against him. They were trying to kill him. They wanted to stone him, and he encouraged himself. Sometimes everybody around us or nobody around us is going to understand the situation that we're in, amen? And so we have to encourage ourselves. So the power of the Word, spoken to others, how we receive it, you know, how we speak the Word of faith. But important today is what I want to talk about is how we talk to ourselves. So let's look at the Word of God And how the power of God's word is It says when God created the world He just simply said what? Let there be light So we know the power of God's word Amen John 1 and 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word And the word was with God And the word was God Amen And so we realize that The power of the word And then verse 14 tells us And the word was made flesh So, Jesus Christ becomes that expression of the Word of God to us. He becomes that expression of what God is trying to say to us in the sense of something that we can see and understand. And so, this is the Word of God. John 6, verse 63, it says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, Jesus, words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit. And they are life. And he ran across a certain centurion that came to an understanding of the power of the word in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 8 through 10. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed, for I am a man under authority. So this was a guy that recognizes I'm under authority. That's a key point in this. We need to be under authority. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be obedient to them that have the rule over us and be under authority. And he says, I have soldiers under me. And I say unto this one, go. And he goeth, unto another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to them, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. So he understood this. Gentile centurion understood the power of the spoken word. And I want us to understand today that there's power in the words that we speak to ourselves. It can bring life to you or it can be death to you. Amen. How are you speaking to yourself? It's important because if you'll listen and a lot of times people are struggling, they don't have a very good uh, words to say about themselves. So you know that they're not talking very good to themselves, all right? So the Bible's, this Bible, is living word. There's power in it. It's still talking to us today. If you open up your heart, it'll still speak to you, amen? When we hear the word of God, it initiates faith, amen? When we speak the word, it activates faith, And when we do the word, it demonstrates faith. Amen. The Bible tells us to ask and it shall be given. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Confession is more than just words. It's more than just say, I believe. Amen. That word actually means to covenant with, to make a covenant with confession, promise, or to give thanks. It comes from the Greek word logos, which is the word, which means something that is said either by word or by thought. Or divine expression, of course, which is Jesus Christ, which is the word made flesh. So when we confess, we are making, not just saying, you know, I believe that, but we are making a covenant. You have to, it has to be sincere enough that it's a covenant, making a covenant with God that says, I believe in you, amen, either by word or by thought. The 10th verse there, it says, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we believe it in our heart. We believe God, we believe it. And then we make confession with this mouth. That's that covenant that's saying I'm speaking something. Amen. That's a covenant relationship with my God. So we have to realize we got to be careful of what we speak to ourselves. We don't want our kids, right, to think bad thoughts, and that we don't allow them to say things to themselves like "I'm no good" or "I'm a loser." Right? We can't. We or I can't do that. We are, We spend a lot of times encouraging our kids and trying to help them to think positive. Right? To realize that they can do something. Amen. We do that with our children and with other people, but why do we allow ourselves to talk negative about ourselves? The same thing, amen? We do that in our own selves and saying negative things concerning our spiritual lives. But Paul is saying, I can do all things through Christ, amen? No matter what it is that God has for you, you can do it. Amen. You can live for God. Amen. Every time we hear uh, or read God's word, we have the profet- uh, potential for faith to be born. That's faith comes alive. Amen. We do this on grander scales and we can do it on the smallest scales. Just simply coming to the house of God is an act of faith. Right. We are initiating the word of God, maybe without even knowing it, when we come together because the Bible's admonishing us, come together, right? Assemble yourselves together, so much the more as you see the day approaching. We initiate that, and when you say, I am going to church, whether you say that out loud or whether you've determined it in your mind, that's an activation of that faith, I'm going to go to church. Amen. And then by you being here is a demonstration of your faith. Hallelujah. So we have this process that we go through. And you being in the house of God is a demonstration of your faith. And you may think that that's uh, all it's no big deal. Uh, but it's a powerful thing for each and every one of us to be here today. People are watching us people are recognized if you're not here. Amen. It'd be a sad thing to come to church and there's only two or three people here, right? It's a demonstration of your faith. that says, I'm going to make time to go to the house of the Lord and to worship God. Amen. And to allow God to move in my life. It's a demonstration of your faith. So we need to speak the word, hallelujah, into our own lives. You have to confess it, covenant with, amen. It's kind of like the, um, remember in the Bible, in Acts chapter 18 or 19, um, Paul's in Samaria having a revival in Samaria. Well, there's some other guys there, seven sons of Sceva or something like that. and. A priest, I think it said in, in the word, they were there and they uh, they found a the guy that was possessed with a devil and, and they say, I adjourn, adjourn thee by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Come out of him. And the devil says, Well, Paul we know and Jesus we know, but who are you? So we have to be able to have a covenant. It's not just speaking the word of God, it's having a covenant. With the word of God And when you have a relationship Between you and God You can speak this word And it shall come to pass You believe that? You can say I can do all things Through Christ which strengtheneth me Now you can't say that And just go out and live however you want to live Right? You've got to know, like the devils know, that you've got to know who Jesus is. (laughs) You have to have that covenant. And so, in order for us to express uh, the power of words that we confess or speak to ourselves, you've got to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't, I don't know if I'm making sense in this, but there's too many people that just want to take the, word, the parts of the Word of God that they want and just speak that out and say, well, that should happen because it's the Word of God. Well, no, it's not because unless you have that covenant relationship with the Word, it just goes, it doesn't have the same power. Now, sometimes in God's mercy and His grace, He'll, he'll honor those things, but you can't just take portions of this Word and just use it for your own benefit. Does that make sense? You've got to take the whole word. You've got to say, I want the whole word. Amen. Matthew chapter twelve thirty three. <clears throat> Either make the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. The tree is known by his fruit. Here is another illustration with the food. O generation of vipers. How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay? So we have to come to this conclusion, that out of the abundance of what's in your heart, that's what you're going to speak. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. Evil man out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof. In the day of judgment. Idle word. Idle means it's a useless word or it's unemployed. If you're unemployed, you're not working, right? So if you have idle words that do not do anything to build up and to strengthen, amen, you can probably get them out of your vocabulary. Praise the Lord. For by thy words, verse 37, Thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Amen. So it's our process of our, what we speak. We've got to stand upon this word and have that covenant with Almighty God. Amen. And then we have to realize that we have to change our beliefs. If you change your belief, you can change your life. You've got to think better. About yourself, and that comes through the Word of God. I can do all things. And I talked about running the four-minute uh, mile earlier, but in 1954, before that, it was believed that no man could run the mile under four minutes. Uh, they did research on it. Doctors said, you know, they probably have. It strain their heart and their nervous system. And if they tried and if they did it, they would drop over dead. Okay? But there was this one man in 1954 by the name of Roger Bannister. And he didn't believe that. Amen? And he just believed that he could uh, run the minute or run the mile under the four minutes. And so in 1954, Roger Bannister did that. He ran it, uh, the, the mile, under four minutes. And the interesting thing about that is nobody, at least nobody known or recorded had ever done that before. But after he did that, that same year, dozens of other people ran the mile under four minutes. Once people believed that it could could happen, amen, it happened, amen. That's the interesting part about it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down by the right hand of God. The throne of God. So here we find that we're surrounded by witnesses that have done it. Okay? People that have accomplished it, lived for God, stepped out in faith. And he's saying because of that, we are able to. We're surrounded by this. And so what we need to do is lay aside every weight, the sin that does so easily beset us, and to realize that we are able to. Hallelujah, to change our thinking and to step out in faith and to see God move in our lives. Amen. So this is how it works. Research psychology of performance has showed that there is a definite link between the mind and the body. And what you think and believe will affect how you behave and perform, thus shape your entire life. That's true. The Bible's already told us that, right? Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart so is he it's the thought process that he the bible says that he calculates with his soul that's how he is it's kind of like the man the rich man you know that he built barns and filled them out and built bigger barns and filled them up and and he sat down one day and he said oh man i've got lots of stuff and I just need to sit back, eat, drink, and, and be merry, Amen. And the Lord said, Thou fool, for today thy soul's going to be required of thee. And then what shall those things be? So the thought process of this man was in the wrong direction. Amen. We don't want that to be our case. We want to calculate with our soul, amen. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think that you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. Amen? That's just the word of God. But if you're like Paul and says, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Amen? Everybody point to yourself. Just point to yourself. Amen? Most of us point to our heart, right? We don't go point to our head because this is who we are. This is, this is who we are. Amen? We never really have seen ourselves. You've never seen yourself. You've only seen a reflection, amen, of what your real self is. You've only looked in the mirror, amen, or somebody's told you how you looked, amen. But we can't see ourselves, right? We can't see ourselves, only the reflection. But our real self is in the heart. And the Word of God acts as a mirror, becomes a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, can speak to that inner person, amen? And the key to spiritual growth is change. That's what Christ is trying to do. He's trying to change us through the power of his word, change our thinking. Look at his ministry. All through his ministry, he was trying to change their thinking. He said, you have heard it said, thou shall not kill. But he said, I say unto you, if you hate your brother without a cause, you're committed murder, amen? He changed their process Of thinking. Amen. Romans chapter 12, very familiar scripture with all of us, but it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. He wants us to be transformed to the renewing of our minds. Amen. Transformed to what? The renewing of our minds. The way that we think. Paul was saying, I can do all things through Christ. Amen. How are you talking to yourself? Are you saying, I can't make this? I can't overcome this situation. I can't overcome this sin, this temptation that's in my life. I can't do it. But I want you to know that you can do it (laughs) through Christ, which will strengthen you. You've just got to have that transformation And the renewing of your mind. Amen. Hallelujah. So transformation just simply means metamorphosis. And we know that that means to undergo this change in form or in nature. The nature of our thinking. I can do this through Christ. Hallelujah. Renewing means the uh, renovation. It means to reverse What the situation is. You go in and you renovate something. You're reversing what that situation is. Amen. The inside. You're doing something different with the insides. It means to make something new. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 14, 24. And he said unto them, this is my body. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. If you confess with your mouth, remember we talked about that. If you confess with your mouth, you make that covenant with him. That's what testament means, the new covenant. Amen. We have to covenant with Jesus Christ. And we, when we do, that's when we're able to have this new train of thinking that we can make it, that we can do it. Amen. He said to them, he said, a new wine. Here it goes again, the illustration of food and, and um Uh, Liquids, amen Uh, He said, new wine must be put into new bottles He was talking about Pouring out the Holy Spirit Into our lives And he's saying, I got to put this into new bottles He wasn't saying you need to change this Flesh, We're still the same look, right? You look in the mirror before you got the Holy Ghost, and you look in the mirror now, basically you're the same. Amen? Unless you got dressed up a little bit better, got a haircut or something if you're a guy like I did. There was quite a difference. But he's not talking about that. He's talking about the the inward thinking of what we are. You've got to get this. This new wine's got to be put into a new body. It's got to be put into a new way of thinking that you can do it. Hallelujah. And that's why repentance is so important. It's not just being sorry for your sins. Repentance means simply to think differently. The first act of salvation, repent, think differently, change the way you are. And you think, oh, I can't, I can't do that. Paul's telling us, I can Tell yourself, I can. I can. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Hallelujah. Not necessarily the outside. It's the inside that's new. Amen? It's what's happening in the inside. Old things are passed away. Old thoughts. Right? Old way of thinking. And behold, now all things are become new. Restoration in our lives, this renovation, this reversal requires us to give up on the resistance to change. We all resist that, don't we? We get comfortable in the area of I can't. And it's easier not uh, to take the risk. Inwardly, we want it, but we feel bound. I'll never forget talking to Brother Harry Allison, and I've asked him permission to share this because I have before, but he was homeless for a while, and then he got into church, and God just changed his life around. He became an entrepreneur and had a lawn-cutting business. Now he's our maintenance man here at the church. But I said, what is it that keeps people from being in, you know, homeless? And what is it with all the things that we have around here? that helps people to get out of those situations he says well hopelessness is the first cause and then he said the second thing is they don't want to take responsibility you don't have you have to take responsibility for your life if you want to get out of the woods amen and so i thank god that through jesus christ we have hope amen, amen. But you're going to have to take the responsibility over your own life. It's not a collective thing where you just come into church and we're church collective. It's that personal relationship with God. Take responsibility. Inward we want it, but we feel bound. But Paul's telling us, I can do all things. Hallelujah. Why are you here today? What is it that you want from God? What do you want God to do for you? I've got good news, the gospel. Jesus came to set the captive free. Think about that. And it all starts within within ourselves. We want our circumstances to change, but what we need is a change within us. We want our circumstances to change. Amen. And it starts by turning it over to the Lord Jesus and trusting in him. That's when your circumstances will change. We want to come to the altar and for God to do an instant miracle, to change our situation. But God's saying, I want to change your heart. I want to change your way of thinking. I want you to come with repentance. To really have a covenant relationship with me. That's when we repent. And that's a true repentance. Man, it's such a, repentance is such a powerful thing and and, uh, you know, I baptize a lot of people. I try to stress the importance, you know, before I baptize them. Okay, we're going to repent. We repented at the altar today, but we're going to repent again. That repentance is the main thing. It's the way that we think differently. Amen. It's the way that we can allow God to begin to move in our life. And change will come when we give our lives to the Lord, right? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, right? And then all these things shall be added unto you. We want all these things to be added unto us, and then we'll seek God. That's backwards, right? Change your thinking. Seek God first. What is it that you're here for? Let's seek God first. Amen. Paul's saying, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Repentance is that change of thought. The first step to salvation, we come to the altar with sorrow, but if there's no change, there's no repentance. We come up here and we are sorry for our sins, amen, we hear the word of God, that's the initiation, right, the initiation. But the activation is when we say, I'll be baptized in Jesus' name. You're taking some initiative and you're saying, I'm going to activate my faith, I'm going to repent, and I'm going to be baptized Amen. In 1 Peter 3, verse 21, it says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth now also save us, not the putting in the way of the filth of the flesh, but of the answer of a good conscience towards God and by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says we don't baptize you to wash you up. All right? We don't give you a bar of soap and baptize you to wash you It's no, that's not what it's for, but it's for an answer of a good conscience towards God. All of our sins are washed away. You're going into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we're buried with him in baptism. Amen. The old man is dying and you're taking on the name of Jesus Christ. And Paul says when you do that, hallelujah, you can do all things through Christ, hallelujah, which strengthens you. And the demonstration, of course, is the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 4 tells us, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. When we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's a demonstration of the power of God in our lives. Amen. And we need to realize that when we have God, greater is he that is in you than he that is of the world. Amen. You need to grasp a hold of the scriptures and the word of God claim them and speak the right things in your life. Not that not when you say I can't do this or I don't know if this is ever going to work out. Amen. We're thinking in the wrong direction but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and the Spirit will lead you and guide you. I want you to know today that you can turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Amen. You can overcome sin you can beat this addiction. Change your behavior. You can. Amen. Everybody say, I can. Point to yourself. I can. Hallelujah. Through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's settling it in our mind. Bishop talked about it, I think it might have been last Sunday, where he nailed it down, maybe a couple Sundays ago. We gotta settle it in your mind. You gotta nail some things down. Hebrews tells us that if they had been mindful of the country from which they had come out of, talking about the people of faith, they'd had the opportunity to return. But they said now they declare another city, a heavenly city. Amen. They've made a declaration within themselves or verbally, however it is. But they declare that they seek a different country whose city and foundation is maker is God. And they said, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Hallelujah. And so we need to realize that when we have that settled in our minds, God's able to do great things. My time's almost gone. I want to leave you with three things that'll help you change your mind. Amen. Three things. One of them is expectation. We talked a little bit about this in our daring faith season, but raise your standard. Of expectation. Let me read this <clears throat> study that was done in Japan. There were, they took some students, I think there were 13 students, they blindfolded the students and told the students that their right arms were being rubbed with poison ivy. Afterwards, all the students reacted with classic symptoms of poison ivy, itching, boils, and redness. But only a harmless shrub was actually used. But then, what they did is they told the other arm that they were just simply going to rub it with a harmless shrub, but they actually used poison ivy. I don't know how good that was, but they did this study. Two, only two of the 13 broke out with poison ivy symptoms. That's incredible when you think about it. Amen? Because what we tell ourselves will come to pass. Amen? I can remember being in Illinois. (coughs) Excuse my voice. Um, when I worked at the post office there, there was, a, there was a guy that's been 20 years. I can't remember his name. But the other guys there, they would make a, a joke about it because if you told this guy he didn't look good, if, are you feeling okay? He would go home sick. So once in a while they would play this terrible game on him that he'd walk in the door and one of them said, you, you don't look too good today, you know? And, and he and said, oh, okay. And then he'd go on. Somebody else come by him a little bit later says, are you feeling okay? You look, you look a little flush. And pretty soon enough of them did that, he'd be over there at the, the, the supervisor's desk putting out a sick leave for him and going home. <clears throat> so... It's what we tell ourselves, right? It's what we tell ourselves. This is what psychologists call the expectant theory. Expectations that the brain creates can be real, as real as those created by events events in the real world. Amen? And that's how the creation process works. You get in life what you create. Amen? And you get exactly what you create. And that's easy enough to understand. We're created, right? We are created by Almighty God, and we created to be productive beings. We have examples of that. I don't have time to go over that. But he wants us to be productive. Amen? He wants us to do something with our life. Amen? So what are you creating is the question today. You create what you're expecting. Amen? Expectation manifests into creation. So what is your expectation today? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all, that we ask or think. Amen. He's able to according to the power that worketh in us. We leave that last part out. Amen. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So raise your expectation the other thing is that we need to do is have gratitude. Gratitude is the attitude that can change everything. Amen. We need to be thankful. Psalms 100 is great psalms. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye let the Lord... He is God. It is he that has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and unto his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Hallelujah. We need to be thankful to Almighty God. Oh my goodness, I'm thankful just for salvation. I can remember 30-some years ago, I didn't have it, but I got it today. And I I know what true uh, Fourth of July is all about. It's about independence. Hallelujah. Spiritual independence. And I thank God for that. If he never did anything else for me, it would be the greatest thing in the world, just to be able to know the truth about God's delivering power in our lives. Amen? And we need to be thankful. Too often times we're just fixated on the things that we don't have. And the things that we have not accomplished or the things that we are not. Amen. But it's critical for us to get rooted and grounded in the abundance that we already possess. We have abundance. The poorest among us are rich upon the world standard. Amen. We need to get fixated on abundance. Amen. Count your blessings. The old song says, name them one by one. Count your many blessings. I would sing that song, but everybody makes fun of me later afterwards. But I love the sing. I can't sing good, but I sing good songs. Amen. But count your many blessings. See what God has done. Amen. Change your ways. Amen. Of thinking what all the abundance that we have. In everything, give him thanks. Amen. You can really speak to your mountain and see it removed. Paul says it. I said, I can do all things through Christ. Amen. So raise your standard of expectation. Amen. That's the first thing. Be thankful. Amen. For what God has done. And third of all, in your mind and in your life, you have to create a more powerful why. Why am I doing this? Amen. I've used this illustration before, but if I would put a 10 10 foot plank out here and I just asked you to walk across it on top of this thing here. And I said, I'll give you 20 bucks to do that. And you'd say, sure, no problem. You just come up here and walk. I don't want to fall off here, but you'd walk the plank, right? For 20 bucks, an easy 20 bucks. <clears throat> but if I put that same plank, that 10-foot plank, into two skyscraper buildings, 100 stories up, and so said, walk it down, and you'd say, no way. And I said, well, okay, let's play out this scenario. It's the planks across. You're on one building and the other building's on fire and your most cherished person's on the other building. Would you go across the blank to get it for 20 bucks? Yeah, I'd go across there, 20 bucks or no 20 bucks. What changed? What changed their why changed? Amen, had a different reason. Why are you doing it? it's for the salvation of our souls that's the bottom answer amen create a more powerful why in your life amen allow god to move amen 1st corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize so run Change your why. Run like you're the only one that can receive the prize. Amen. That you may be obtained. That every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. How now they that do it obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. Hallelujah. Paul's talking about the Olympics of those days, the Ishmael Games or whatever they were. And he watched them, how they trained and how they would do all their stuff to get ready to run this race. But he said, but one, only one's going to receive the prize. Amen. He says, I do the same thing. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. Hallelujah. Therefore, so run. There, I therefore, so run. Not as uncertainty, so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air. In other words, Paul knew what he was in the fight for. Amen. You can determine that today. Create a more powerful why. Why are you in it? You're in it for your family. You're in it for those that are around you. And most importantly, you're in it for yourself. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercies. Lord, we're thankful for the power of your word. Help us to speak things into our own lives, O God, through your word, hallelujah, that advances in your kingdom, Jesus. Help us, O Lord, to, to realize that you desire to do great works with each and every one of us and that we can make it, that we can do all things through you, Lord. We give you all the thanks and all the praise in Jesus' name, amen.